0: Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo ha's. Also, a few whoopsie daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans then. The podcast which you're about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed up losers in particular court psyops and his immature co-host matt it was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons but had they lived very very full lives they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week for them An idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema PsyOps, with Court and Matt. What is
1: PsyOps?
2: PSYOPs for Psychological Operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind PSYOPs, to convince people to do what you want them to do.
1: So how does PSYOP fit into what's happening now?
2: The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that first and foremost, PSYOP saves lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOP. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing.
1: Say so you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right?
2: Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops.
3: And I believe, with all of my heart, that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feeds. I know what it does to you.
0: Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing.
2: Welcome to the 283rd consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. That is 283 episodes of mediocrity, vulgarity, and general idiocy. A contributing factor to the things that destroy America's youth, and also all of those elements on this show, is my co-host,
4: Matt. I like destroying things. (laughs) I like to set them on fire, including the morality of the world.
2: Yeah, morality's not what it used to be. Um, it
4: really well, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. What? I mean, let, let's just let's just take stock of where we were a week ago when we recorded this. Yeah, you just it, got it was over a different world, man.
2: You were just getting over COVID. There was no seditious treason being perpetuated. (laughs)
4: The Capitol building wasn't stormed (laughs) by a bunch of fucking babies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, over
2: a really symbolic gesture of a vote that doesn't really stop the fact that the election happened. This was more or less an intimidation tactic that failed miserably.
4: Yeah, yeah, but uh, it, it happened. And, uh, man, it's really enjoyable right now watching, uh, uh, you know, all the roosters come home to roost uh, with uh, all the trouble. A lot of them, like, they're on no-fly lists and getting fired from the jobs and
2: Yeah, there's a Twitter supercut of all of the recipients yeah. upon no-fly list and being arrested upon arri- arrival at their home airports. Yeah. Um cut to layla by Eric Clapton.
4: Um Are you kidding me? Yeah, like
2: like they like they basically did for the arrest that happened at the end of Goodfellas. It's fucking genius.
4: Oh my god, that yeah. is great.
2: It's I mean nice. it's it, it's not like this like, you know, redone thing where they put the people's faces over top or do any like yeah. reface app or anything it's just a super cut of all the stuff they didn't drop the audio or anything so you still hear like that guy screaming how oh, this is what they do to us and all of that but it's it's set to layla and they cut it pretty well but, you but know it's what does
4: that even mean this is what they do to us and you're like um no pal it sounds like this is what you did to you
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you can't accept the consequences of your own actions that's what put you Is where it, you are.
4: are weren't they supposed to be the party of personal responsibility
2: they're not the party yeah. of anything they used to be and i'm fucking done <laughs> talking politics now
4: all right we're done we're done i just I, it was fucking hilarious where we were a week ago it, compared you to i mean fucking it's now
2: it's a treasonous act on our own soil perpetuated by white nationalist terrorists
4: yes yeah no it's, that's it's, it. It. that's it's a, exactly it
2: it's a violent insurrection we would be remiss if we didn't fucking comment on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also I mean, really done talking about
4: it. Now. But yeah, I mean, it's been a week now, and it's all anybody's ever probably fucking talked about. So I mean, yeah, I'm done too. Well, it's it's been like felt three like fucking been days. To mention,
2: it's been like three fucking days. We're recording on Monday night, so it hasn't really. Yeah, been,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's been enough days. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> I guess it would but be like fun. a
2: business amount of days, like it's been about four or five max, but it hasn't yeah, been a full seven. But still,
4: a lot of, a lot of fun was uh, had for a few yeah. days there. <laughs> Fucking dumbasses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. So we finally made it to our next Tygon film. We are talking about blood on Satan's claw tonight. Yes. I'm assuming yes. you have not seen this before.
4: I would never seen this. The, you are very correct.
2: Okay. Now, when we did Beast in the Cellar, I did a little bit of a discussion of Tygon, and I always got Tygon and Amicus confused. So this week, I decided to do a little bit of research and a little bit of reading on the various film production companies. Now, pretty much everybody is familiar with Hammer Films. A lot of people know that name. Even, you know, a normie such as yourself has heard me talk about Hammer Films. Yes, yes. <laughs> Although you're not much of a normie anymore, You've been trained up.
4: Yeah, I have. So, but I mean, even... Early on, I heard you talk about that before I got all trained up.
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, there are there was a very religious family that I was friends of the son. Him and I were classmates when we were in grade school, and because the Hammer films were rated G, it was okay to watch them, even though they got really weird and kind of salacious. Most of them came back yeah. as re- rated G, but they, you know, snuck things past on the ratings board. Like, they sh- huh. they showed you boobs and, like, super bodices that pushed them up and out of the way, but they kept the nipples covered, so it was still rated G. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well I mean hey there you go right uh, but damn was- the man.
2: But like this childhood friend of mine, I was over at his house and we were watching like Frankenstein and Dracula, like the horror of Dracula as we know it over here. And then the curse of Frankenstein. We were watching stuff like that over at their house, like before we went to bed and it was great and a shitload of fucking fun. And they're rated G, but it, it was okay. But Hammer Films is probably the more prominently known out of them. But there's pretty much three major ones from the same era as Hammer. And Hammer goes all the way back to like the early 30s. And then they had a resurgence and then they started making horror films. And I'm focusing in on the more well-known three producers of horror films out of Britain. Um, Tygon is one. Hammer, as well, as we already mentioned. And then Amicus Productions. Now, when I was talking about Amicus, I was trying to find the term Portman 2, but my brain just wouldn't let me get that word.
5: <laughs>
4: okay.
2: Um, it's... Um, a fancy word that means the same thing as like anthologies. You know, so a a Portmanteau horror would be the same thing as an anthology horror film. But Portmanteaus don't necessarily require the wraparound story that you usually get in an anthology film, but they can be there, you know, to kind of help. And Amicus produced a lot of these Portmanteau style films and they kind of got known for that. So I'm sure a lot of folks have seen um, some of these Amicus films and may not have even realized that these Amicus films were actually, you know, Amicus films or that there was like a specific company that put them out. The two most popular that I can think of, they did an adaptation from the comic of Tales from the Crypt in 1972 and they followed that up with an anthology um, adaptation of another EC comic that goes by The Vault of Horror. There was like three of them. There's Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of Horror, and Haunt of Fear. They never made A Haunt of Fear but they made Tales from the Crypt and The Vault of Horror back to back. Those are like my two favorite of the anthologies that they made, but they've also made like I want to say, was it from Beyond the Grave that was another one that was um okay, there's okay, there's like The House That Dripped Blood, I know, and I'm pretty sure that was also one of their anthologies, but they have quite a few of them that they made. And then they have a few other films like one-offs with Vincent Price, where it's just one solid story the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um Madhouse being the absolute best out of all of those. That's the one where he's like um an actor who plays a specific character over and over again. Like he just he gets locked in this one role, but it's made Made him rich and he's famous. And it's like Dr. Death or whatever. And the lines between reality and the character blur on him a little bit because someone's like gaslighting him. And it actually is pretty cool. Where Vincent Price is actually kind of the hero in that one, but at the same time is also being sort of manipulated into being a villain. (laughs) It's really kind of cool. And he plays a villain. So he's like so he's like almost playing himself, playing a guy that's being slowly turned into a villain who plays a villain. (laughs) In these movies. It's really bizarre. Uh, Interesting. (laughs) But because, like, Tygon wanted to stand out from these other two studios, they wanted to find something that was their own niche. When they started making Blood on Satan's Claw, they wanted to veer away from what it was that Hammer was doing, and they wanted to sort of veer away from the things that Amicus was doing, because Amicus was doing more of these Portman 2 anthology-style films. But at one point, one of the producers wanted to take the main story of what the idea was going to be for Blood on Satan's Claw, and they wanted to have these sort of individual stories that we're told, like another horror anthology. And what's interesting, if you know that when you're watching the film, you can kind of see where these various stories diverge, but there's like an overarching thing that does wrap them together. And if they were to have done it as like an anthology, they could have had different people in different scenarios, different towns or whatever, different parts of the story and just one person traveling around, you know, dealing with it. And they, they could have totally pulled that off, but instead they decided, you know what, no, let's make this all one solid story. We've got a really good idea here. And that's kind of where the the crux of the story for Blood on Satan's Claw really kind of came from. And it's kind of an interesting thing to talk about before we start digging into the film. Because as you're discussing it and as you're going through it scene by scene and in the 20 minute block kind of deal, you're going to probably see where you're like, hey, this might have been a good spot to break off and then we're going to start another story in an anthology. But they still found a way to weave it together as one solid story. Nice. (laughs) So I just think it would be an interesting take. Hey, and we may completely fuck it up and we may not be able to do it. Maybe they covered their tracks enough, but that's why I wanted to bring it up and talk about the three different studios and kind of discuss them and what their specific niche was because Hammer was known for doing like variations on a theme with the Universal Monsters and really kind of going their own way with it and just kind of making them a little more risque, a little more sleazy, a little more gruesome than what you would have got with the Universal Studios. So Tygon starts making films and they're like, yeah, we don't want to do that. And then Amicus starts making these anthologies and that makes them veer away from doing Doing a film as an anthology and kind of making it its own thing, which is kind of interesting where, you know, you want to offer people something different and hope for the best, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But that's enough beating around the bush and talking about that. I just kind of wanted to discuss it. And I also wanted to bring up The Beast in the Cellar again, because that film is still fucking with me the more I think about it.
4: Yeah, The Beast in the Cellar. Yeah, (laughs) that wasn't... That's still messed up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a cerebral horror thing where you have to really think about it for it to really affect you. And the more you think about it, the more it messes with you. But if you really don't pay too much close attention and you just want gore, you're probably going to be bored. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah. And and, and, hey, I don't want to have to pay attention to shit. All right. (laughs) I'm done with that. (laughs) That's
2: why I make you do the notes. That's Uh, right. (laughs) And with that, we're going to take our little break here. We're going to play the Legion GoFundMe promo. We'll have some music that I've taken right out of the soundtrack because Severn was so kind as to include that as a CD. And when we come back, we will have the trailer. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy
0: time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pin tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping In. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: was probably best to play the opening titles of the film and the little opening sequence of the film's score as we open before we do the review.
4: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It'll probably it's...
2: make a lot more sense to folks than
3: this trailer. When the grave of the devil is disturbed by the plow, the satanic essence of evil wreaks violent and revolting revenge. But it weren't human, sir. They were a And it was an animal's remains. It will like some freed. And the evil grows quickly, attacking first the youth of the village, and making them the devil's children. Look, look. Oh, God, I prayed I'd never see that again. That's what they call the devil's skin. Doctor, witchcraft is dead and discredited. Are you bent on reviving forgotten horrors? How do we know, sir, what is dead? The blood on Satan's claw. It was like a horrible disease, highly contagious and deadly dangerous. Spirit of the dark, take thou my blood, my flesh, my skin, and walk. Holy Bear Father of my life, speak now. Come now, rise now from the forest, from the fu- oh. The Blood on Satan's Claw stars Patrick Weimark as the judge who tries Satan and Linda Hayden as Angel Blake, daughter of Satan. with oh, thine I think thou could be saved these dogs know how to tear the devil's heel oh <laughs> Thou telltale bitch, thou set the dogs on me. Of course I didn't. Art
4: thou ready to give thy skin tonight? Art thou ready?
3: The blood on Satan's claw.
2: So there's two trailers in there, and I'm only going to play one. <laughs> that's
4: that's awful. The blood on Satan's claw. The first 20 starts out. Uh, we see there's a boy. He's uh working the fields, and uh, as he works and kind of plows the field, all of a sudden, before you uh, know it, uh, he comes across his gnarly-looking body and face, and it just looks horrifically bad
2: did you notice that he actually pulled up the spine so it looked like it was folded over on itself like it was shoved into a smaller shallow hole and buried oh, like that shit i did not notice that yeah My it looked hand. like it or either that or because of the way the plow was going up it might have hit the pelvis area where the spinal column was and pulled up the spine and most of it is intact and it still looks relatively fresh of a skeleton forever how long it was supposed to be there and the eye was way too fucking intact for the rest of the skeleton to be cleaned
4: yeah well i noticed the eye part yeah
2: yeah, it's just,
4: <laughs> everything about this
2: is just like, what the fuck?
4: So, um, that boy then runs, it meets with the town, well, not just the town, but the area judge and uh, the mistress of the land, and that's our first clip. Oh here's How do howdy-do.
3: What is your name, young man? Ralph Gar, and it please you, sir. I wouldn't lie to your worship. And you work these fields each year? Yes, sir, I'd be plowman to Mistress Banner. Ralph, you disturb me greatly with this tale. I don't mean to, ma'am. If you have unearthed a corpse, man, summon your local justice. It's hardly a case for me. But it weren't human, sir. There were fur. Fur? Then it was an animal's remains. You're wasting my time. No, sir, honest. It were more like some fiend. You see, my dear Isabel, the way these old superstitions die hard. Come and look, sir. Then you'll believe me. Pray, dear, judge, do, do ascertain the truth of his story? Merely to set my mind at rest. Very well. We'll investigate your fiend.
4: All right. As the two go to check it out in the field, we see a young man named Peter and his fiancée, Rosalind, They are meeting with his aunt, who's this mistress, Bonham, of the land. Um, The aunt is not impressed with his new fiance.
2: Kind of a bitch about it, too.
4: Yeah, real big bitch about it. Um, then we cut back to Ralph. He takes the judge, but the corpse is gone. As they kind of look around, because they can't find it anymore, they run across the town reverend who caught a snake and is playing with it, because apparently he likes playing with snakes. And that's kind of fucking weird for a reverend. I'm not going to fucking lie. I mean... Especially back then.
2: I mean, he could be like St. Patrick and getting the snakes driven out of the area.
4: Possibly, but he seemed to really like the snakes more than anything else.
2: He could also be taking up snakes like the religious zealots in the hills.
4: That could be, yeah. I just thought it was weird for this certain time. Uh, Um, It is.
2: Everything that's going on in the movie is set up to make you feel like something's just not right. Like there is an overarching feeling of... Something being amiss in this little village. Yeah. It really is.
4: Well, that night, Peter, Rosalind, the judge, and uh, Peter's aunt, they're all playing cards. And as they get done playing cards, Peter says he's going to give Rosalind his room. And the aunt's like, I won't hear that. She can sleep in the fucking attic. And you're like, holy shit. Why are you such an asshole?
2: (gasps) I believe that she has an unhealthy obsession with her young nephew and wants to keep him all to herself.
4: I also believe she wants to continue being the mistress of the house in which I am under the belief, because uh, it was said earlier by uh, uh, one of the mistress's servants, she said, like, oh, there might be another mistress of the house. Oh, so she's I, like I, the
2: queen regent, but the queen yeah. is about to become the queen queen.
4: I'm almost positive the aunt has that land. Probably only until her nephew, who's probably landed, actually is, gets married. And then she'll be deemed obsolete.
2: Spinster time for her. No I mean, wonder she's being such a horrible twat.
4: Yeah, that's, I mean, and I honestly think that's the reason why. Yeah, no, good call. Because that's how it went a lot back then. Uh, so Peter walks her up there and she doesn't like it, but he says he'll show up at 11 o'clock when everyone else is asleep. And then they can get down um, and do some weird shit, uh, whatever they do out there. uh, I do believe
2: they're going to snuggle very closely and no actual sexual intercourse will take place because this is way too long ago.
4: Those skanks. I can't believe they would do that. (laughs) Um, In their own
2: home in the safety of an attic bed.
4: They're going to cuddle? How dare they? They need to be married for 10 years before you can cuddle. (laughs)
2: Otherwise, Uh, it's just indecent.
4: Yeah, it's just indecency. Anyways, Rosalind's upstairs. Uh, She starts hearing noises. Uh, Peter and the judge uh, have a few drinks, and the judge tells Peter uh, to be careful of uh, the heart's wilds, the heart's wants when it comes to women, and even goes as far as to say he used to fancy Peter's aunt. Uh, speaking
2: uh, of said judge and also said to judge drinking, I uh, wanted yeah. to point out um, one of the producers in the behind the scenes featurette that was on the disc had said that that man had a case of some type of alcohol. I couldn't catch what it was. I'm hoping it wasn't hard liquor, but would have a case delivered to his dressing room every day and was a functional alcoholic. And other than the smell, you would have no idea just how much he was drinking. God, damn. So this dude was like blind Fuck. drunk on set all the time and gave Fucking this performance
4: hero mode, <laughs> hero mode. that's like all that of a Reed. man to look up to that's all of read
2: levels to. of drinking
4: <laughs> that is elite that man came to play and he played the game right big ups to that guy um yes alcoholism is matt's thing that he loves that's my sport it's uh <laughs> it's it's what i do then rosalind she sees something Uh, coming up from the floorboards and she freaks out as the judge and peter wait outside the door the aunt goes in starts slapping her around you can hear it trying to get her to calm down then the aunt gets her face scratched and she gets out of the room the judge orders that ralph board up the door and he'll have what essentially is like the paddy wagon come to get her the next day to take her to an asylum. So not good for her. No, that's fucked. Because back then, it's not like, you know, saying asylums were the best place in the world where you want to go. <gasps> I mean, they're still not all that great, really. No, they're. I mean, they're not. But I'm just saying back then they were even worse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. And that was just
4: the staff. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, or their quote-unquote doctors
2: so (laughs) counts as staff dude
4: yeah um so, obviously, Peter is distraught about this. Uh, he's uh, He doesn't really uh, like this idea.
2: I mean, that's the place he kept his vagina.
4: Yeah. I mean, come on. What, what are we going to do? So, the next day, the aunt is sitting there, and she has a, a, a severe fever, and she is not feeling very well. We well, then cut to three kids who are playing outside, and one girl named Angel finds something on the ground, and she... All the others want to see it, the other kids, and she runs away from them, and they chase after her. So, we don't know what she found... but. She found something that all the other kids wanted to see. Um, uh, Rosalind is then the that same day she's let out of the room and she looks all fucking crazy like. And as she passes Peter, he sees that she has a claw hand. Uh, so you're, you're kind of like, holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> um, later that day, as kind of like that one of the servants is talking to the aunt who's just laying there she's kind of going over how sad of a day this kind of is and then the aunt just sits up out of nowhere and then we cut to that that hand same handmaid she can't find the mistress she lets peter and the judge know that uh somewhere and that's the end of that 20 that's the first 20 minutes so the aunts disappeared rosalind has a claw for her hand and, and things seem to be going nuts
2: the claw hand on the young girl Rosalind is. Is really interesting the way that they show it, and then that's it. Yeah. It's just like a quick flash quick of it.
4: Show. Can I also talk about how great of crazy eyes she has? Yes.
2: The actors and actresses that end up becoming part of this folk horror satanic cult that's about to unvelop in the next 20 minutes uh-huh. really all just have... The expressions of bad frenzy just a little too comfortably down for for my taste like i'm a little worried about them and what happens in their lives with the frenzied looks they were able to achieve right
4: i'm like they're really talented like, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean holy shit that's i mean just the I, fucking I, most serious <laughs> shit ever
2: <laughs> i've seen people that are that far gone behind the eyes and they capture that that just vacant something else is driving right now feel a little yeah. too well it's really really good at what they do. I mean, the film would not work nearly as well as what it does without the kids being as good as what they are in it. Yeah. And I say uh, kids they because are- they're supposed to be the town children, even though they all look like they're in their twenties.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, welcome to the
2: movies. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the setup is great. It sort of gives you this quick feeling of unease where the body's uncovered. And then the main guy that we're supposed to be following is talking to whoever he's supposed to. He's trying to tell everybody, hey, I found some kind of weird remains. But he's like, it can't be human, but it looks like it's human. But there were fur there. So how could it be human? You know? Yeah. And and they're like, well, if there's fur, then it's not human and it's none of my concern. Just get rid of it. You know, like the judge just completely is like, get away away from me you poor and just discounts the kid because he's a field plower
4: i mean and also he's probably like i mean what are you doing here i mean you're trying to you know the obviously the judge is a man of science trying to get away from all this shit about you know witchcraft and everything and now he has to deal with some kid who's fucking him over and he's like listen man i don't know what the fuck your problem is but you need to shut the fuck up
2: (laughs) As a morbid skeptic myself, I can totally side with the drunk as fuck actor playing the judge and everything that he has to say here. With that in mind, the whole I'm a man of science, like I'm down with that. And I'm glad that the movie took that tact, especially considering the age that this is supposed to be taking place in. A judge who listens to science and not religious superstitions in this specific era is a godsend. And I know yeah. the irony of saying that.
4: I know, right? It's kind of weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. But what I'm getting at is that's a very special thing that we really shouldn't overlook that it's a judge who is listening to science. Yes. And not Ooh. religious craziness.
4: Yes. And he wants to work off facts instead of, you know, yeah, religious craziness. (laughs) If only we could have that nowadays. Hey, man, come on. What the hell's wrong with you? You can't. I know. (laughs) Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. I mean, every fucking time. So... (laughs) We start the next 20 minutes with, um, at, uh, the religion school, because it's a school, but being taught by the local reverend, um, the kids are all messing with this little bag that Angel has. And they're all looking into it and looking into the, its contents. And then the preacher demands to be able to see it, because one of the girls looked inside, screamed. And as he comes by, uh, he checks the bag, and a toe with a large claw falls out of it. Well, the kids all are able to pick up this toe with a claw, or finger with a claw, whichever one it is. It
2: could be either or, because of the weird misshapen bit of it. And it looks like if it was a finger, it may have just been, like, the second and final knuckle, or a possibly yeah. a thumb, yeah.
4: And... As they kind of all the kids hide that the preacher gets the bag but Angel keeps hold of the claw and as the the preacher checks the bag and he's like there's nothing in there that's weird anymore but yeah he's not very happy and all the kids are kind of fucking weird. This Um,
2: sequence, the way the kids all work together as a team and the way that they all cooperate and they're looking at each other and they have this very sinister joy at fucking with the priest like this was really well done. And it just gives you this very sinister sense of the willies.
4: Yeah. 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 You definitely get the willies on this one. Yeah. It's cool. (laughs)
2: It is really fucking cool. I really dug it this
4: time around. You definitely are like, um, hey, why? Why does it have to be this bad?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you all children of the damned? Stop
4: it. <laughs> yeah. Can we uh can we just settle it down over here? I mean I think you're all being a little too damning. <laughs> so then we cut to a man, the town squire, it sounds like, visits the judge, and that is
3: our next clip. They've lost the scent completely, Milan. My house could have done better. She must have the constitution of an ox. She was a sick woman. Indeed, Lord, as you say, she was a sick woman. Uh, I must confess, sir, I fear there's something very strange about Did you hear what Gower turned up with his plough? Justice Middleton, I myself examined the furrows. There was nothing. Nothing, of course. Unless it were witchcraft. There have been some cases. Witchcraft. Damnable business, Mr. Edmund today. Eh? Fear nothing. The hunt goes on. My lord, will you sup with me tonight? It's only humble fare with the finest in the Shire. Thank you, Squire. I remain here tonight. The lady was a dear friend of mine. Naturally, out of respect. Well, gentlemen, uh, I take my leave. That's evil in this house. You must cleanse your mind of such fancies.
1: What the have taken me with her?
3: Time will relieve all. And rest. Go to your room, and I'll go to mine.
4: Alan! Alright, so we see Peter's kind of losing it a little bit, and he goes and he checks on the attic. While checking in the attic, he, uh, finds a flower that Rosalynn was kind of holding and, uh, was playing with when she was up there. He lays on the bed and his candle goes out, and then he starts hearing some strange noises. Uh, the floorboard starts coming up, and he uh, reaches in to see what's happening and a big furry claw hand comes up and grabs him. He's able to put a chest over the floorboard, and he crawls back onto the bed, and then we see then they keep cutting to like the judge being asleep for some reason uh then peter falls asleep on the bed and then is woken up by being choked by a claw hand. he grabs a knife and he starts hacking away at it but we then see that the hand he's stabbing it is his own and he cuts off his own hand and the judge breaks in and finds him so that's not so great. Um, this is one of the d-
2: segment pieces that I feel like his story with the thing that was going to attack yeah. his would-be bride that gets sent to an asylum, and then he goes and spends the night in the room. I feel like this would have been a separate anthology story, but they found a way to make it work with it being the devil's arm coming for him, and you know everybody else is having these pieces grow on them too. So yeah. you know that's what they were doing.
4: Okay, I, I can see that. Uh, well, the next day. The judge and the doctor, uh, Towns Doctor, talk, and that is our next clip. My lord,
3: when I heard of Ralph Gower's discovery, I was reminded of this old volume. Mock sir, if you will. These sages had access to much wisdom. Ah, here we are. Doctor, witchcraft is dead and discredited. Are you bent on reviving forgotten horrors? How do we know, sir? he's dead. you come from the city, you cannot know the ways of the country. See this picture. D- did not Ralph describe such a countenance? Perhaps some such thing
1: <laughs>
3: the drug is wearing off, but his heartbeat is strong. a <laughs> doctor. I am leaving soon. As a favor, might I request the loan of this book? It might merit further study. No good news, I regret, my lord. I've had to call off the chase. There's no trace of the lady anywhere. I fear she is lost to us. And uh, how is it with thee, young fellow? The doctor is confident that Mr. Edmonton will survive. I spent. Thankful for small mercies. I have to leave you now. Oh, of course, affairs of state. Fear not, my lord, the matter is in good hands. Unfortunate you could not sup with me. Most unfortunate. Yes. Ah! Assist his lordship there. Your lordship, please don't you desert us. Squire Middleton will keep watch over you. I have important business in London. And you shall spread no more rumors around Ralph Gower, understand? Witchcraft. Well, perhaps you will have peace from now on. There will be no nonsense, sir. I am father to all here. They love me, but they obey me first. Have a pleasant journey, Your Lordship. I shall not forget you. I shall return. When the time is ripe. But you must have patience. Even while people die, only thus can the whole evil be destroyed. You must let it grow.
4: Yeah, let (laughs) it grow. (laughs) Um, uh, We cut to, after that, a young boy named Mark and a girl uh, named Kathy... They're walking home, and the boy's starting to have pains in his sides, or the side of his back. Uh, so when he gets home, his mom gets worried, so she goes to the doctor for the boy. Um, so uh, as Mark's at home, he's trying to eat. These two girls come up to his door looking creepy as all, fuck saying they want him to come play and that Angel asked for him. Well, he must have a crush on Angel because he gets up and goes running. Um, at school, the Reverend is now all pissed because, like, half the kids aren't even in class. And so he's starting to get really ticked off about that. <laughs> yeah and, how's he
2: supposed uh, to fleece them for their tithe if they don't show up
4: yeah well exactly it's like hey listen there is no more you know there's there's no more there's no more uh, religion <laughs> if, if you can't make people you know fucking do what you want and, <laughs> and uh, you know take all their money <laughs> yeah if you can't uh,
2: if you can't run your confidence scheme of no trust me this is insurance for the afterlife to get yeah. your tithe then you can't do what you do
4: and i mean you should trust him right because i mean i look at them they don't have to pay taxes so you should <coughs> totally listen to them because apparently they just have it fucking made so anyway mark we see is blindfolded and you see the game is like he's trying to catch other kids and like they walk run around him almost like a game of marco polo anyway they lead him into a different area and there's angel and she starts choking him out uh then we cut to the mom walking home with some medicine, and she sees this kid staring at her, and she drops the medicine. She says, that was for Mark. And he said, don't worry about Mark. They shot him into the shed. Okay. So she enters the shed to check it out, and she finds Mark's body all cut up. End of that 20 minutes. All right, so Uh, some shits happening. Yeah, Uh,
2: (laughs) things are getting darker. We're starting to see more people growing patches of weird shit on them. That's like this furry thing, but it grows off of them almost like a tumor, where it's like significantly bigger, like a chunk of flesh that's super hairy growing on them.
4: Claws for hands, fucking patches of skin. All this. So, I mean, not good.
2: It's really interesting that this farming community is basically being farmed for the component parts. Of something. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> Satan!
2: It's just, yeah, well, it's clearly that's what it is. But the fact that it's just growing on all these different people is really gruesome and such an interesting and cool idea.
4: Yeah, I really was getting into this. Like, okay, obviously, the the it's not hard to tell what the plot is to no. this. No, it, um, it's so not. It's but enjoyed, the... obviously, Ralph dug up the body of Satan, and now he needs his pieces. And he's going to get his pieces back of himself through the people of this town.
2: Yeah, but this is what I'm thinking. If that is a field that supplies food for the town, his flesh has been decaying into that earth that has been growing oh, yeah. food so, that these townspeople have eaten. So they have already consumed the flesh of the devil. It is just being reclaimed.
4: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, right? That's good. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's really good. Ooh, that makes it creepier.
2: Yeah, like it's body horror too. Like it's been there the whole time. This town has already been off. It's already been corrupted. It's just been enough to where he's been spread out enough across the town that it's now time for the resurrection from this. Oof. They are reaping what they sowed.
4: And maybe, but with his body buried, it was all fine. But once it was uncovered, now he's able to like go off and you know fuck with people.
2: (laughs) Or it's just there's been enough of the body exposed now. Finally, with the pieces that have been you know et as well, that now this this sort of like toxic poison from the field has gotten into the entirety of the town.
4: Yeah, but oh man, that's good. That's that's really good. (laughs) It's creepy, right? I, I mean, yeah, that is that is just the fucking worst
2: well why else would you plow a food if you were not planting food there and obviously the town would have to live off all the fields they would all have to share food so everybody at some point or another has had to have eaten whatever crop has been grown in this field to where they have to be tainted as well
4: oh that's creepy as fuck
2: i don't know if they intended that idea or not or if that was just me putting my own idea as to how this happened into my head but like
4: that's just you being creepy yeah either way
2: that's what I've always thought when I watched this film, and it grossed me out, but intrigued me at the same time.
4: I can totally understand that. Yeah, why not? Holy shit. <laughs> um, so, uh Let's see here. So okay, the next day, the reverend is walking when uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the reverend is working when Angel walks in. Uh, he states that he's going to talk to her father about her missing school and all this kind of stuff. And she strips down, fucking nude. She then proceeds to try to seduce the reverend, asking her, asking him to play her games.
2: You aren't thanking re- the movie anymore. You have to say thank uh, I'm you sorry. movie.
4: Thank you movie. Yeah. Thank. I was going to do it after I got done with this. <laughs> okay, keep going. All right. Uh but uh then uh he rebuffs her and kicks her out and she tells him that they killed Mark and cuz he had the devil in him and they had to cut it out. So, yeah, this movie's being real cheeky with what's going on.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's telling you right away what's happening, but at the same yeah. time, it still just continues to build and like change the way it's telling you this that's going on
4: yeah you know and, like and,
2: y- you can see obviously that satan is regrowing himself on a bunch of people that's obvious they even tell you that in the tagline you know what i mean yeah. like in the advertising for the film that part it's fine that you know that but the way that it's infecting this town and like people are turning both inside and out both mentally and physically into the devil is fucking cool
4: yes i i mean it's a fucking cool concept um so uh let's see here so at uh later on at Mark's funeral. Um, Angel shows up with her father Staring at people Being all fucking creepy And a young lady she stares at Starts feeling pain in her back so um, uh, then that girl is Kathy, Mark's brother, uh, Mark's sister, and she turns around and sees Angel staring at her. So then later on, Angel's dad and Angel complained to the town constable there, that uh, squire, that the Reverend attacked her and said that he stated they they stated that the Reverend said he killed Mark. Well, the town squire, being easily manipulated, and you know just takes everyone at word value, just agrees with and believes them right away. Wow. They- Start going to look for the reverend
2: people he's probably known his whole life and he takes them at their face value. When it's a girl that is saying that this has happened, who her father would take her at face value, I don't blame him for agreeing to believe the father because the father seems like he 100% convinced it believes it too, you know. Like, I
4: suppose, but you know, you should also, you know, maybe do some investigation before you go, Well, he's guilty.
2: Well, no, like he's like, okay, we need to find some this out. They should have taken him. They, he should have taken the family to some place where another constable could take a look at it. And then he needed to go talk to the priest.
4: Yeah. And they yeah. needed,
2: they needed to figure this out and see if there were other witnesses and find out what the way he reacts is wrong. But he should believe them that something needs to be looked at, yes, because oh, yes. they're being okay, quite. Oh yeah, okay, that I
4: get. Yeah, it's, I mean, he it should be investigating it, but not that he condemned him right away just off their words.
2: So. Well, he's also a religious fanatic too, so and he's looking for an excuse to just witch hunt.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's a a simpleton. You could tell the judge even didn't want to ever spend any time with him. I thought I
2: covered that he was a simpleton whenever I said he was a religious zealot. Ooh. Yeah, I'll go,
4: oh, Yeah. You got him, Court. <laughs> Burn on this fictional character. Yeah, he's sad. Then later on, um, Ralph walks Kathy, who's kind of into Ralph, and Ralph might be into her, her and her mom home. Um, then we see two boys are stalking Kathy, and uh, she's picking some flowers, and so they come up to her and ask what they're doing. She says she's picking flowers for Mark's grave. They then say they found a really good area to pick flowers from, and they take her with them. Uh, they then get her tied up kind of in a rope and say they're going to play a new, ca- a cannibal game and that she's their catch. She had screamed at first and Ralph heard it and now he's searching them out. Well, they lead Kathy to Angel and all the other kids and a few townspeople. Then we cut to the Reverend getting arrested by the Squire. And then we cut to, and it seems like a lot of the town is there and they, uh, they kind of are leading Kathy around chanting her name. And they all are missing bits and pieces. Some are missing a hand. Some are missing patches of skin on their face. Um, uh, they start reading some sort of scripture. The more they read, the more P- Kathy feels the pain in her back that she was feeling. Um, then um, we, heard a, we hear a creature say, like in a monstrous voice, my skin. And then they lift up and we see Kathy has a hairy patch of skin on her back. Did you um, recognize Kathy at all? I thought so. I thought she looked familiar. She Who was, was she? Zoe
2: from Doctor Who, like second doctor, Troughton's yes. companion Zoe, the mathematician genius, like
4: Thank you. Chick, all right. You know, like yeah. like
2: adventure girl. She was super excited to do this scene we're about to talk about because it was going to ruin her um innocent quality and give her, you know, a chance to play different types of roles and all of that. She was so excited to do something not so sweet and so innocent. She wanted to do something a little more sinister and was actually like doing a little dance and singing a little song about how happy she was to do this following scene. I'm not kidding. The producer said that. Wow. Yeah
4: and he well, was like I mean, they, he
2: thought that was a very odd thing for her to be excited about but it was just the fact that she got to do something so different than yeah. what she was ever, you know, able to do before she was excited.
4: <laughs> I mean, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, it's really uh, horrifying to think though because go ahead yeah. and describe the scene.
4: Yeah, cuz it's 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 bad.
2: Yeah, it's pretty intense for fucking the 70s, like the early yeah. 70s as well.
4: So, uh we see Ralph gets painted into the right direction of the kids. One guy says, you know, I saw the angel with a bunch of kids. They're Up there. Well, the group surrounds Kathy and they keep putting flowers on her. Then another guy walks up with a knife and they tear her dress completely off. This dude gets naked and then proceeds to rape Kathy. Uh, it, then, uh, if that wasn't bad enough, but I mean, oof, that, I mean, that's a hell of a bad scene. Yeah. Angel for 71,
2: takes- it's a pretty graphic rape yeah. scene too, because like, it's, it's kind of like the entire cult is holding her down. Only just one guy gets the joy of going first, if you will, yeah. which I won't, <laughs> I just no. didn't know how else yeah. to describe oof. it.
4: And then, uh, angel takes a pair of shears and, and she begins stabbing the back of Kathy. Ralph finally shows up to the area. Everyone's gone except for Kathy's dead naked body. And that ends that 20 minutes.
2: Plus that chunk of skin is gone, which is what's killing. Yeah. Killed her.
4: Oh man. Yeah. Woo!
2: So she was cheering on and happy that she was about to do a scene where she was going to get raped and murdered because yes. it was so dark and different than anything else she had done. And I'm and still Jesus kind of trying Christ. to still trying to be like, okay, but Hey, she did an amazing job. She played she terrified. Did. Amazing. Well, everything that happened was harrowing and it really cuts to the bone. And it's 1971 that they made this in and it really fucking hurt to watch. Yeah
4: it was not fucking good (laughs) well it Uh, it, was well done but it was really I mean yeah it was well done I mean it was it didn't make you feel good to watch it
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can't say things like it was not good when you're talking about a movie because that feels like it's your opinion of it being poorly done yeah
4: no I mean it wasn't like you you were not comfortable watching that
2: no it's extremely uncomfortable which makes it that much more well done sadly yeah Um, yeah
4: sadly yeah
2: I got to talk about this the way that they lead her off into this direction is a very pagan ceremonial or ritualistic way of leading a sacrifice to the location where they're about to be sacrificed. They even dance and perform and they're trying to make these last few moments like as pleasant and help happy for her as possible to keep her from realizing what's about to happen to her and that makes what happens that much more harrowing because it is ritualistic. It is a sacrifice and it's just so horrifying all at once, man. (laughs) It's so well done. And this is the point in the film where you're either in for what's going to happen for the rest of it, or you're out. But this is kind of the pinnacle of the most gruesome and uncomfortable stuff. And the rest is going to be straight up horror and kind of retribution for that, I think.
4: Yeah, yeah. So... The next 20 minutes start, um, the, uh, we see that the town squire is interrogating the reverend until Ralph shows up holding Kathy's dead body, telling him that it was Angel and many of the other children. So then the, the town squire is like, oh shit, lets the reverend grow and says that they're going to strike now while it's hot. So the reverend is let free. Uh... Peter overhears what's happening, and he gets on a horse. He's, you know, He only has one hand now, but he gets on a horse. And he rides to the judge, and that is our final clip.
3: I have not forgotten you. Your village has been much in my thoughts. You would not recognize it, sir. Dreadful things are commonplace, and mere children commit the foulest deeds. Children? What deeds? They, they murder one another. We fear that witchcraft has returned is more than witchcraft i am ready to return but understand i shall use undreamed of measures so
4: i mean that's creepy
2: (laughs) it's like the judge is like all right it's time now he knows what's up like he's been telling them no what you're talking about is not witchcraft blah 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 but then all of a sudden he's like oh no this is far beyond witchcraft like this man of science knows something even they don't
4: yeah like this is fucking this is just gonna be bad
2: Um, (laughs) right but he doesn't even admit or say anything that it could be the devil he just continues about this work and knows what he needs to do
4: yes uh ralph's out cutting some wood and then we see a posse chasing a young lady the men grab her and then throw her in the water because they tell ralph so she's a witch and uh, she'll float and ralph's like yeah but if she doesn't she'll drown and you just killed her and the other guys are like whatever and they see that she doesn't float so they all leave
2: i love the line that he delivers there where he's like that's Makes thou murderers?
4: Yes. <laughs> I mean, Ralph knows what's up. So um, Ralph does find her and grabs her, and he takes her to Kathy's mom. The girl is still alive, and as Kathy mom cleans her, she finds a hairy patch of skin on the girl's leg. So Ralph recognizes it as the devil skin. You heard that in the uh, trailer when he says, "You know, I wish I had never seen this again." Um, so, so it tells you it's Ralph has seen this before. This old hat. Um, so the doc then checks her out, the doctor, and he wants to let her die. Uh just saying that you know the the devil's on her. But Ralph convinces him to try to cut the skin off to save her. Uh the doc does cut the skin off in a pretty cool scene. Uh not a lot of blood. And they even state that they state uh, that they uh, that there's no. No blood around the wound after they cut off this patch of hairy skin. Um, The Ralph states that it must be burned and the doctor agrees, but he's still going to examine it. Uh, Then the girl wakes up and she's wondering why her leg hurts. And uh, Later on, Ralph visits her and we find out her name's Margaret. She says the angel is calling to her and she should go and that uh, they stole her master's skin. So Mar- Margaret uh, is full fledged still in. Um, Margaret tells Ralph to join her and they can set the master free together. Uh, Ralph goes outside. He's kind of talking to the doctor about you know how the the girl's still full on and entranced. And Margaret then runs away. Um, as they look for her, uh, the doctor starts freaking out that you know they're gonna find out he cut off the skin and these people are gonna come find him and kill him. You know, just being kind of cowardice and the just as he's freaking out peter and the judge get back the judge gets told about the happenings around the town and he's given the the hair skin from margaret's leg he has the dog smell it to track and they release the dogs out and then there's this guy who's like his assistant with him who's carrying this big thing in a blanket Well, Margaret looks for Angel and finds her and asks her for help. And as she steps towards Angel, she gets trapped in a bear trap. Angel checks and she check Angel checks her leg and sees that the skin was cut off. So uh, as Margaret's begging to be saved, Angel says she's going to leave her to the dogs and runs off. The group gets to margaret and the judge begins an interrogation process of her and finds out that they meet anywhere the group meets anywhere that can be hidden and the judge says that's enough for him to find out where they're at and that's the end of that 20 minutes and we are going into the final 20 minutes
2: yeah let's just go ahead and close it out because this is just transitional stuff anyway it's yeah pretty much
4: um, it's a lot more, uh, action stuff around here now. Uh, Ralph is walking back to, uh, Kathleen's mom's house, and he feels a pain in his leg. And, uh, he, I think he tripped over something. And as he checks, his hair, his leg is really hairy. So he's now got some of that shit. Ralph gets back to the home, and he hears that there's a purge going on, and it's gonna happen. He's gonna hide in one of the second rooms of the house. Um... The judge gets the people ready, and they get all together, the townspeople, and they head out. And Ralph watches as the group is going through the fields, kind of searching for people, and his leg is really starting to hurt. And then he starts to hear heavy footsteps. Uh, We get more of the posse going through, trying to find people. And then we see Ralph is with Angel and her group, uh, and this ceremony is beginning to cut off his leg. Um, The posse gets there, and they're watching it. And Angel stands with a figure in a dark cloak. Well, a lady comes up to Ralph and gets nude and then hands him a knife and starts dancing. Um, and so uh, then she starts showing him that she wants him to cut off his leg. And as Ralph fights with it, and he really starts to starts losing it, the judge gets uh, that thing that his assistant was carrying and it's like a huge fucking sword um Angel sees the sword she turns around to run away and she runs right into a villager's pitchfork uh just then the judge decides to jump down and he starts you know uh charging through the people with his big sword uh the beast gets in the way The judge stabs the beast, lifts him up, and throws him into the fire with the sword, killing the beast. At this point, as Ralph looks at his leg, it is now all clear. It's back to just being normal skin. He's been cured. Roll credits. All right. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Woo. (laughs) fucking that judge jumped down he's like fuck it let's let's kill everything
2: (laughs) okay that was like uh the sword was actually like a cross so when he's holding it, it the hilt of it was like the top of the cross so he's basically holding an upside down cross to kill satanists with which made no logical sense to me but then i was like whatever it's a really cool looking fucking giant fucking sword and that's why it's killing stuff
4: yeah, um, and it, 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 to me, it looked like someone just took like a iron, like like an uh, uh, you know an, like an old school wrought iron fence. Yeah, yes, that's what it looked like to me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Like it it was like a wrought iron cross that they pulled from a church and forged into a, um, devil massacring machine of a sword.
4: Yeah. I mean, it was a fucking epic sword.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty fucking big. Uh, the last little like sequence where the devil's raised and, um, Linda Hayden's character is just all up on him and like nude and writhing against him And Jesus Christ, the orgiastic shit that's going on for a 1971 film in this like little fucking ritualistic, scene that's at the end that they happen upon and then having them all just kind of like storm at them like a cultist type deal trying to protect the ritual just really really sells everything that's been building up to this is a really cool crescendo and I like too that the face of the devil was as fucked up as that woodcut like that's what it actually looked like like this weird misshapen not right thing that you just couldn't stand to look at like it was a really bold choice to make it that kind of a sculpt where it was just that often just weird but like still hairy and still horrific like you would see in those types of woodcuts like they tried to make it as accurate as what those woodcuts look like like that weird and just off-putting but at the same time kind of goofy you know yeah (laughs) like it just was really kind of an interesting and bold choice and I think they captured it and they they nailed it well like especially a lot of there's like a famous set of um, woodcuts from like this like 16th century era or whatever where uh, it's a witch going through the process of selling their soul where you desecrate a cross and you sign your book in the book of names and everything and the devil in that that he's that person is supposedly making a deal with is what they made this devil look like
4: oh (laughs) like it's very
2: it's very close to that specific woodcut in my mind anyway or at least my memory of what that looked like and you know the woodcut that they show was an authentic one as well that was supposed to be the face of the devil earlier in the film and when we see him that's what it looks like is just covered in black fur and that's why it's so misshapen and bizarre
4: yeah so i mean but fucking uh yeah I, I didn't really get to see the devil's face as good um so i can't really comment on that well that's I, that's
2: the thing is it's really it's very quick yeah. but what you do see of it is still very often not yeah. right
4: and i i really really I, it, by the end enjoyed this movie <laughs> i enjoyed at least the plot line of it the devil making the townspeople grow his pieces back oh yeah and then they <laughs> cut it off of them, yes. and while you Ugh. may
2: have while you may have parts of the film that you might find not as enjoyable as others, that storyline is enough to keep you going and keep you interested in what are they going to do next for the execution and they just keep ratcheting it up this is a really great folk horror tale with like a what I interpret as a body horror thing too since it's growing on the people I thought it was like a like a cannibalistic infection kind of thing and they even say we're going to play cannibal whenever they tie the one girl up so like there is cannibalism on the mind and the writers for this so they consumed the flesh of the devil from the earth in which he supposedly composed and now they have regenerated him and they grow the pieces from this weird infection <laughs> and it's just so bizarre and so gruesome and such a cool weird so 70s idea um, you, you won't find another horror film quite like this one <laughs> than I can pick up off the top of my head. Blood on Satan's Claw is so unique and really fucking cool and I dug it.
4: Yeah, I did too. I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought it was creepy and just thinking about, you know, having somebody, you know, growing shit off of me just to cut it off. That's fucking weird.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, um, you got unless you got anything else you need to say about the film, I think our thoughts line up on it. We really kind of analyzed it as we were going. Um, We nailed all the stuff that we needed to nail as we were going that just the final thoughts of it pays off what it's been setting up that's all I've got left
4: yeah yeah it pays off (laughs) so pays off for the setup yes that's awesome
2: alright so let's take the next break here we're gonna play the Geek Radio Daily promo we'll have a little bit more music that I snagged right
5: out of the film when we come back we'll do some PSYOP news are you having trouble keeping up with the ebbs and flows of modern geekery is the real world holding you back from knowing what is happening in the geeky world to answer these and other personal problems brought in by your friends, gaming group, and loved ones, Geek Radio Daily presents daily informational sessions brought to you by the wonderful Billy Flynn, the Flynnstress, and podcasting's Rich Sigfred. They contain such helpful segments as history, geek birthdays, box office results, the latest in DVD and Blu-ray, video game and comic releases. Why, they also have a weekly show hosted by the wonderful Billy Flynn and the Flynnstress, which includes interviews and commentary. And to make sure you are informed, Geek Radio Daily also provides you with your daily dose of geek news to make sure you know more than that jerk know it all Steve. Visit us at com That's right, Geek Radio Daily. All the geek without the weight. Now available in fine Corinthian leather. <laughs>
2: Right, I have loaded up the filthy fucking clipboard, so now we can get this going. <laughs> Alright. We were having some problems with it, but I got it running again. I don't know why it decided it's just gonna fucking go everywhere and let everybody trigger off of one key. But I used to just be able to select the screen and then hit the key that I needed, but no, it's being no. difficult. <laughs> Enough bitching about that. Let's make everybody happy and give them some psyops.
4: I found this one.
2: <laughs> Matt's taking credit for someone else's hard work. Film at eleven.
4: Fuck that. I only do that with this show. So, uh <laughs> the uh so here's the headline: Police Officer Mistaken for Stripper at Swingers Party. An illegal party Old took place in Mar del Plata City, Argentina, where there were restrictions due to COVID-19, and the officer, who was dressed as a police officer, was thought to be part of the ongoing show. <laughs> The when the police. the police arrived to raid the house, 20 couples were having dinner at a farm located in Serrera de los Padres, Mar del Plata, 400 kilometers south the police? from Buenos Aires. I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. Those were the previous, uh, those are, uh, those were the previous moment of the swinger party about to come next. All cops are bumbling dummies. After it was denounced, some police officers and inspectors who work for the municipality knocked on the door at 10 p.m. A man opened, uh, the door and kindly invited to let them in. Since the party, uh, house did not have a valid permission and there are ongoing additional restrictions due to the pandemic, the officers decided to go in.
2: All kinds of things you don't want on your dick are inside. The
4: officers noted as saying that when they saw them, they thought they were part of the show and that they were strippers. Um, uh, So they said inside the house, one of the women who was uh, going to participate in the swinger meeting ran into one of the police officers participating in the operation. She thought, uh, uh, she thought she was, uh, she thought the female officer was part of the party and whispered, look at your eyes, uh, that they made her warm up, according to this report. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, uh, this has got to just get like really uncomfortable after a while. <laughs> I'm a cunt.
2: I'm advocating corpse fucking here, is what I would have whispered in a stripper's ear.
4: All the participants were identified and indicted by violation of Section 205 of the Criminal Code, which punished whoever disobeyed sanitary measure for uh, for the epidemic containment. Circle jerk! The premises uh, where the party was held were also closed, and the property owner will have to attend a court of Mr. beaters which will determine the fine. That,
2: or they just a bukaki mouth party. You
4: can't pay a bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. The rat who ratted him out, who denounced, or, or as they put it, the person who denounced the party, Let's also said it that it was something. not the first time that they organized these kind of events, and that even the 20 married couples, originally from the city of Buenos Aires, paid a sexual tour that includes accommodation, transfers, meals, and several nights of fun. Pull out uh, and further degrade her by cubby on her. This is not the first time something like this has happened. In England, a police officer was also mistook for a stripper at a birthday party. So, a lot of times if a cop gets called, they know. <laughs> Does this make me gay? I, I mean, I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> I'm going to but- king shame you for the stabbing fetish, okay? I mean, I think that's right. I should. I definitely should kink shame you for the stabbing fetish. I'm not in shape, and I don't that. know how to perform an abortion. <laughs> is that me talking about Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, of course it is. I love how you well, forget. I kind of love that one. <laughs> I, mean,
2: I must not pay that, play that enough for you because you every don't, time you I don't play don't it, you like, wait a minute, me. what is that
4: from? I'm What's with all that asshole I don't, creep? <laughs> play it again for me. <laughs> I'm not in shape, but I don't know how to perform an abortion. All of these things are right. I would be shit Dawn of the Dead. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's not true, Matt. You could become human body armor.
4: Oh, yeah. See, no, yeah. I'd be good for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, even then, you'd be a bit gamey, I think.
4: Uh, probably too much fat. and they need, I mean, they'd have to smoke me render me out a little bit.
2: <laughs> oh, brother. I'm just going to make it a shorter one this week after you talked about how you feel that zombies should cook you before they eat you.
4: Well, I'm just saying, probably 275, keep it low, fat cap up make sure you seasoned and then just let it go.
2: And with that, we're going to play the ending Legion promo. We're going to have a little bit more music that I snagged right out of blood on Satan's claw. And we come back,
1: we'll close out this show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion podcast network, like cinema, Psyops, cinema beef, devour the podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast Friday the 13th Gets Slayed The Hell Power Hour Hello This Is The Doom Show Hero Hero Ghost Show Kill The Cast Underwater Kaiju From Outer Space Jerry Hates Action Legion After Dark Mental Health Obsessive Cinema Discourse Pick Six Movies The Podcast By The Cemetery The Podcast On Haunted Hill The Psycho Semantic Podcast Rick Radio House of Wax Dude Looks Like The 80s
4: That's that's some creepy music.
2: <laughs> It'll make you sleep with the light on if you're not careful.
4: Yeah, right? Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to have to pump some Kenny G in my ears before it's all said and done. <laughs>
2: Oh, brother. Well, you can check other instances where Matt has referred to Kenny G in a positive light on our show, which I do not believe has ever happened before. But if it's there, all previous 282 episodes of this show available legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. Honestly, don't know if Kenny G has ever been brought up on the show before this point.
4: Maybe not. Um, Michael Bolton is what mainly we talk about. Yeah, it's
2: only been like six years so far that we're heading up on. So, wow. All right.
4: (laughs)
1: All right, stop,
2: stop. Sorry. Uh, There are instances of where I've had to scream at Matt for singing and or trying to make music when he's really pitchy. Legionpodcast.com forward slash (laughs) cinema dash psyops. (laughs) You can join our Facebook group where you can petition Matt to never fucking try to make music with his mouth. That's Cinema PsyOps on Facebook. I'm Court PsyOps on Facebook where I will implore Matt to never fucking try to make music with his mouth again. You can also find Matt PsyOps on Facebook where you can ask him to never fucking try to make music with his mouth again.
4: What if they ask me to make sounds? (laughs) Then what?
2: I will ban them from the group and they will never be able to speak with you again.
4: Oh, no. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you can email feedback
2: to Matt, PsyopMatt at gmail.com. Call him a fucking cunt because he never checks it.
4: Yeah, that's true. Just call me a cunt. You can c- I-, I am a cunt.
2: You can CC c- Court on that same email proving that you did, in fact, send it to Matt. cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com.
4: You know what? Call Court a cunt, too. I mean, he needs it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? You can
2: tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shitfest fest. That is Twitter. I'm at Court underscore psyop. He is at psyop Matt. Do you even check that Twitter ever? Yeah, I do. Huh. You started my advice with the porn bots and following of the course various I did. ladies. I mean,
4: what the fuck? What else? I mean, you said porn, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm awake. Yeah. I hear you. The, the other you need?
2: The other key to the happiness is anyone who sends a promoted tweet, anytime a promoted tweet comes up on your feed, just block that person for promoting a tweet. It makes your yeah. life much better.
4: How dare they?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's how you handle Twitter and make it a little more enjoyable. Speaking about things that are enjoyable, we're also available on Instagram where we may or may not be enjoyable. I'm cinema underscore psyops there.
4: He runs the world of Insta.
2: <laughs> or at least I run that Instagram there. Um, yeah. and, and don't mention OnlyFans or you may get banned from Instagram because they're really trying to cut down on their sex worker business.
4: I, that fucking man, way to go Instagram, way to ruin everything.
2: <laughs> fucking prudes. F- right? If you'd like more advice on how to actually properly, thoroughly smoke Matt, he's available on Facebook and also with the email, as I mentioned, because as Matt will tell you, he knows how to smoke every man's meat.
4: Uh, wait, no, it's not like that. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have this week. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. (laughs) Are you in the squeaky oh, chair yeah thank you <laughs> number one i was actually more worried because when you rang it came through the laptop and not my headphones but now you're coming through my headphones so must not
2: no, I get it. The ringing came through the laptop, which yeah. may be a feature that is auto-set for the ringing so that like you hear even without the headphones on, like if you're farther uh, away. I gotcha. Seems like a okay. function that somebody who was working would want so that they don't have to keep the headphones on unless they get a Skype call and then they put those on.
4: Well, I don't like it. I don't like stuff different.
2: <laughs> you were in the wrong field of endeavor for employment, sir. I know.
4: <laughs> okay, I, I hate you. Fucking upgrades. Fucking upgrades. I hate you. Shit.
0: Fuck you, Matt. (laughs)
4: good lord it's like my inner thoughts just come alive <laughs> yeah
2: i uh, i'm a little surprised that 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 was the next key that i hit that was like the up arrow key and i was actually like leaning over and i was pushing the keyboard out of my way to lean over and i just happened to hit that button by accident <laughs> I nice wish, i wish i would have done that on purpose i really do because it was really well timed
1: fuck matt uh,
4: yeah, fuck, fuck matt hey Fucking fuckers asshole. religious bullshit god's not real but uh, that too
2: <laughs> Alright uh, Now I'm curious if I can use an alt tab And not have a tab thing actually happen Hey
4: fuckers, religion's bullshit nope. God's not real
2: Alright, so anytime I hit tab
4: Hey fuckers, religion's bullshit God's not real Hey, hey fuckers, religious b- bullshit God's, God's, God's not, not real <laughs> Does it have to be in stereo?
2: <laughs> that's not stereo That's I hit the key multiple times and uh,
4: this, Does th- my sacrilege have to be in stereo? <laughs> I mean, you're a modern guy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so you I'm hear that stuff. i a modern man yeah. living in a modern world. Are you recording on your side yet? Oh, you know what? I should probably do that. <laughs> I am now. One, two, three...
2: Like a fucking helpless child sometimes, dude. I really am. Holy
4: shit. Get me out of here.
2: <laughs> it's really, really good that you married the woman that you did because no one else could keep your ass in line.
4: No. that I mean, that is a fact. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> else would have given up by now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking
2: quitters. <laughs> all right. Um, I got your clips loaded. There were four in total. Yeah. All right. Then I think we're good to go unless you
4: got questions, concerns. Nope. You're recording to go. on your side. Your waveform looks good. Yep. Everything's looking all right. All right. Let's Hold fucking on, wait a second. <laughs> it, oh, hold on. I need to stop my recording because it's not picking anything up. And that is because it's not using the blue snowball. I don't know what the fuck that was all about.
2: It was probably using your laptop yeah. mic. But- all right.
4: One, two, three. Much better. There we go.
2: Funny, I was just saying you were like a helpless child.
4: I was. I was. But I figured that all out by myself.
2: You can wear the big boy pants this episode.
4: I can. I did it. <laughs> okay, we're going to go My now. My mom for real. says I'm handsome.
2: All right, now we're really seriously just going to start the show. God doesn't see what you do. God damn it. All right. Three, two, one. Because super uh, hot. God damn it! Why is it doing double triggers? I'm gonna close these other ones. All right, three, two, one. Spinster time for her. No I mean, wonder she's being such
4: a horrible twat. Yeah, that's. I mean, and I honestly think that's the reason why. Yeah, no, good call. Because that's how it went a lot back then. Is you know, yeah. different female members would own the property until a certain male member either became of age or got married himself, and then all that property went to him.
2: We, we get it, Matt. You watched Out Abbey. Move on. <laughs> say I never did <laughs> I know I'm just fucking with you because you know a lot more about the inner workings of lords and lands entitled disbursements
4: yes I, I it's a fucking hobby well yeah, um, you're a history
2: <laughs> fanatic I get it I'm just fucking with you man no more children ever
4: <laughs> no more children we uh we need to really just calm down all right we all kind of went a little crazy <laughs>
2: circle slash baby
4: <laughs> um
2: now nah, I lost my fucking plate. <laughs> Uh, that just means that we're back on for once.
4: Yeah, right? Fuck. Uh let's see here. So okay. Then the uh so then the uh okay. So uh, uh.
2: He knows how to smoke every man's meat
4: uh, wait no it's not like that <laughs>
2: well that's wait, all the time the- we have this week kick the fuck no, out the this fuck? week and
4: make it your bitch
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> nice that was a good one that was well done that's our best closing in a while
2: <laughs> yeah Whatever. I stop trying to like compare things and do a segue if I just found something and just dove on it yeah it works better I think
4: uh <laughs> right, and I have stopped recording I'm on my side. See you now.